This show is presented by the 323 Network. You can watch all your favorite 323 friends and shows on the 323 Network YouTube channel. Follow us on all social media platforms at 323read. And support us as we continue to grow at patreon.com slash 323read. That's 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy, on this very special Ricks vs. Gricks edition of the show. We do it every Friday for you. You know, peek behind the curtain, Thursday night. So, you know, Thursday night game's going on, but it's Patriots Steelers. We're not worried about it. You just just pretend you'll pretend like you didn't see it anyway. So don't worry about knowing anything. XFL preview. That's right. It's an XFL, yeah, the XFL preview. <laughs> that wonderful voice that you heard there is the lovely, as always, host of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, Zahir Ali. Hi, Zu. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. We love not bad. We love not bad. Also, we'll joining today. Ooh. Well, actually, hold on, because before we even introduce the special guest picker, we have like almost another special guest picker up in the right-hand corner, as usual, but he's he's not wearing a black hoodie today. He's all dolled up. He's ready to go. It is the host of the 323 College Shame Day, Scott Elliott. Hi, Scott. Hi. Yeah, my uh, my streak on the Calvin Ridley betting memorial slip has been absolute trash this season. So I was like, let me shake it up a little bit. Let me put on a new hoodie and see if putting on the color green gets me some green. Probably um, washing the other one. It might be. No. Yes. I'll <laughs> And... Like I said, a special guest picker. We love having them for Ricks versus Gricks, and this is a very fun one, especially on this Commander's bye week. We Ooh. have the one and only Brian of the Commander's Declassified podcast, available on all audio platforms and YouTube. Mr. Who? What's oh, up, what's Brian? going on, fellas? How Happy you doing? to be here. How are you? Hopefully, uh, everyone's not too upset about that uh, beating we took uh, 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 the other weekend, nah. but uh, I'm happy to be here. Nah. Ah, who, how can you be? How can you be? And we'll we'll get into it. But before, right before we get into the uh, the NFL talk, I something came to my attention. And Brian, this is your first time on the show, but Scott and Zoo know that this is a wonderful time of year, and it brings mm-hmm. about one of our favorite sounds on this particular night. Yes, All right. December seventh. It is Thursday, December seventh, as we're recording it, which means it is the kickoff to Hanukkah. So, we wish everybody a happy Hanukkah, and we wish that with our favorite video that we bring out year-round in favorite sound. Margo, how you doing? Surprise, surprise. This is Smokey Robinson. I know you didn't expect to hear from me, but I was contacted by your sons, Jeff and Jarrah, and they wanted me, they told me that you used to live in Detroit across the street from me, and gosh, that's, that's beautiful. Um, how are you doing again? <laughs> nice talking to you again, I guess. But anyway, you're living in Vancouver now, and they want me to wish you happy Chinooka. I have no idea what Chinooka is, but happy Chinooka <laughs> because they said so. Anyway, God bless you, babe, and enjoy Chinooka. Have a wonderful time. <laughs> He's so sweet and sincere. Oh, Smokey. Oh. 
How can you that hate was it? Good. I've never seen that one. That was good. I like that. Oh, it's a tradition. It's a tradition <laughs> around here. It's an, honest, it's an honest mistake. It's what, you know, cameo. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, we won't get on there. Leave that man alone. I will. <laughs> I'm going to leave that man alone and then bother two more over here as we have, you see that big commander's flag behind him. Zoo, you need one of those. You need a big commander's flag. You t- you got you to bring out the helmet, but you need the flag back there. Where is it? I'm slacking. Oh, no. Yes, I know. So it's one of our favorite segments to do here. And we're going to get a feeling on the season as we're into the commander's bye week. And this coming off of a 45 to 15 loss to Miami that I actually felt good about going into it. And I was, I was pleasantly, I was pleasantly happy with it as it was going on. And I want to talk about that too, as a commander's fan and Brian will get, I want to get all your thoughts. I want to get your feelings on the season and hopes and predictions for the future, but we have to start it out with the proper sound and imaging for zoo to take off with it and just get some thoughts going on. This is the way to your Washington commander's update. Now here's the Commandalorian himself, Zahair Ali. Brian, zoo, 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 and Brian, yo. <laughs> oh, so, zoo, Brian. This whole this season, we're off to what is it? A four and nine. I think we're officially at a losing nine. record. Yes, four and nine. What are the thoughts? What are the thoughts going through you guys' heads as you know, very, very strong Commanders fans? Season's over. <laughs> <laughs> the easy as that. <laughs> Like to me, this is like the the last little bit, right? This is like the last full week of school before it's summertime. Like, and you hate it. You hate it because you just want it to be summer. You want to go and hang out with your friends, and but you still got to go to class. You still have this last little bit to get done, and that's what we're in right now. Is the season's done? Like, you know, Zoo was right. Like, this season's over, but there's so much possibility. There is so much uh, for me. Uh, you know, upside for the rest of the franchise that can happen. So I'm just I'm trying to get through these last four games. I mean, these are the dying days of Ron Rivera, and it's going to get ugly, probably as ugly as we've seen the last two weeks uh, with this team. But, um, you know, there are some things to uh, to look forward to uh, in the offseason. Did you have much hope going into the season? I did, right? Because I think we all probably thought – that the defense wasn't going to be absolutely ridiculously awful like it has been, right? Like even even if they had a little bit of a regression from last year and instead of maybe top five, maybe they're top 10, maybe top 12, that's still competent. That still should have given us the ability to hang in there with teams and not just be blown out of the water, um, you know, each week. And that kind of gave me a little bit of hope, right? We've got a defense and then right from the start, the, no, the defense wasn't there, and the approach that we took on offense, which was, hey, we're just going to put everything on Sam Howell's shoulder, and that's it. Um, you know, no run game, and it's going to be five, seven-step drop, 50 passes a game, and I, I, there was no way I could have seen that coming. I knew we would throw a little bit more. It's the enemy, Kansas City, Andy Reid. We'll throw a little bit more, sure, 
I could not, I could not have seen 50 pass attempts a game. There's just no way I would have believed you if you had told me that. So yeah, I did have some optimism, but that quickly evaporated as I saw what the plan was going to be and how bad that defense was going to look. It's, it's been, it's been incredibly disappointing and awful to watch. And the enemy is somebody that I really had a lot of hopes for just going into this season and just with the, with the stop process that, Hey, this is going to be Revere's last season. Unless yeah. like he makes like a deep run into the playoffs, this is probably going to be Ron's last year. The enemy will take over from there. Now I'm not even sure, Zoo, if I want the enemy to take over. If I want him, to I mean, the rumor is year. he might take over your girls' team, so he might be the Bears' head coach next year. <laughs> they're they're looking at him, and it's just been I don't know if it's been there have been parts of the season, especially near the beginning, and I guess it's you know it would be hard for him not to do but where it feels like he's still calling plays in Kansas city and he's calling plays for a Patrick Mahomes and that style of offense. But it's been things like seeing Terry McLaurin kind of disappear where he's not getting separation. Like he did. I don't, I don't think he had a catch at all this past game. And I don't know if it goes back to the turf toe. I don't know if it just is a wrong scheme fit with EB's offense, but Zoo, what are your thoughts on EB? Would you like him to still be here as the offensive coordinator next year or head coach? Mm, not head coach. I don't think he's shown us enough. I think that there was a level of adaptability and he was like competitive in all the games. Like losing 45 to 15 is one thing. If we had the offense that he promised us, it should have been 45 to 35, right? Uh, even if the defense was letting us down, like what happened with the Giants game? What happened with the Bears game? What happened with his Dolphins game? Like, we just weren't in it at all. Like, okay, Dallas has a really good defense. Like, it was, it sucked, but that made a little bit more sense. But there wasn't any excuse for the rest of them. So, if a new general manager and head coach comes in and they like what EB's doing and no one's hired him a head coach job, then it's like, okay, maybe there will be somebody who's not as lenient as Ron Ver who actually tells them we have to put in the run more. We know who Sam Howell is. Like, this isn't working. If, you know, let's hypothetically Ben Johnson because that's everyone's pick. Like, if he has that commanding presence to say, look, dude, this isn't working. You got to implement this more. And that's where we see the progress. Then sure. He can stay, but he hasn't shown enough to be like promoted in any way. Brian, you feel the same? Uh, absolutely. I, I was one of the bigger supporters of Eric B I was like, this guy has learned at the side of Andy Reed for what, how many years now? something has to have rubbed off on him or sunk in. We're going to get somebody who can modernize this offense and utilize the playmakers. All we heard was we're going to get our playmakers in space, get the ball out of Sam's hands quickly and get the ball into space. Well, he basically came in here and almost did the opposite of that, right? He asked Sam to drop back five, seven steps, hold the ball while the receivers go vertically downfield for very long uh, pass routes, deep routes. And it was the opposite. And uh, I was just very disappointed. And when he did adapt, it took a long time. Um, what was it? The uh, the second Eagles game is where we really saw him kind of commit to the quick passing game. But even then, it only lasted a handful of games. And then he kind of reverted back to um, some of these longer developing pass plays. Um, so, yeah, I, I was very disappointed to see that EB was not very advanced. And, and the biggest thing it, in that Miami game, it wasn't even so much that we got blown out. Our defense was bad. 
But look at the difference in the Miami offense uh, from Mike McDaniel's calling plays to Eric Bieniemy. Now, I, we all know they got Tyreek Hill, that ex explosive offense. They've got a great uh, running game. But the way that they got the ball out of um, Tua's hands quickly, they didn't hold the ball. The ball, as soon as it got snapped, it was already in a playmaker's hands. And look how long we make Sam Howell hold the ball and try to find somebody deep down the field. It just is night and day. And that that's really the biggest thing I was disappointed in the EB. You know, I thought we were getting off one offense. Really, we it almost looks like the Scott Turner offense, um, you know, has just uh, kind of been rehashed here this year. So very disappointed. And I, I don't think he's done enough. He's done some good things. I, I, I won't say that he hasn't done anything good, but uh, it's, I don't think it's enough for him to stick around uh, in 2024. Not that people interact with me on Twitter much, but I was hesitant to post this. What if Sam Howell was the one piece that Scott Turner actually needed based off of like what we saw in the Cowboys game last year? Like, what if he was, like, that perfect balance between arm strength to, like, mobility that neither Taylor Heineke nor Carson Wentz had? And it was like, I got my guy. It's like, you're out of here. <laughs> very possible. Very possible. Because, uh, you know, the offense that we're seeing here, it sounds, it looks like what Scott Turner was trying to do. So, no, I, uh, I'm with you on that. Does anybody want to just take the hot take and run with it that Scott Turner's better than Eric Bieniemy? Anybody want to take it? I'll, pass on I'll stand one. in allegiance with Scott. Yep. I mean, he is a Scott. Yeah. Just based so, off yeah. the name, I can't go against him. <laughs> he hasn't been worse yet. The record's about to look the same, if not worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what's funny to me about the Revere era. And it's where I appreciate Ron for coming in and doing what I believe the job ultimately was. Being. Yeah. Be a great human being, yeah. change the culture from where it was at a absolute rock bottom sexual assault and harassment cases all over the place, change the culture, get out of club J that we had been in with the Gruden era. And he did that not necessarily to win a Super Bowl. He changed that culture into being better people. And now I think it's run its course because the team is literally back at the same spot. It was when he took yeah. over on a four win, uh, you know, pretty much trajectory at this point. I don't know if we'll win another game this season just based on the way that the team operates but now that we are at four and nine we are projected a top five pick as of today they currently have the fourth pick in the upcoming nfl draft so i will turn to our college football expert and the host again of college shame days you can find on the 323 network scott who right now would be the best player for this Washington team to take at number four with the options you have like two generational kind of quarterbacks and Drake May Caleb Williams you have Marvin you Harrison Jr. and wide receiver <laughs> you have uh you know great tight end and Brock Bowers from Georgia you but know who what are we you gonna, need to say <laughs> who, who do you need to say Scott uh, the biggest need that I've seen from the outside looking in a completely, you know, unbiased opinion for the commanders, the biggest issue is going to be up front, whether it's on the O-line or the defensive line, especially losing two powerhouses, um, on the defensive side of the ball. I honestly, with how, like how serviceable and great Sam Howell has been playing with being, you know, the most sacked quarterback in the league, I feel like the offensive line would probably be the the best thing to do um probably take a page out of jay gruden's playbook and go after a guard or maybe joe alt out of notre dame and get a tackle in there that probably would be the best thing to do is just stock up on 
big bodies up front on both sides and then just go after free agency for a tight end that you can kind of plug and play for a little bit and just kind of go from there. Love it. Atta boy. Is that so that so you all would be in agreement on that? That's where you would want to go? Absolutely. Uh, I'm a huge offensive line uh, believer. Like you can take an average quarterback and make him good when that offensive line. Is... <laughs> uh, it, it, and you can take a good quarterback and make him great with a awesome offensive line. And at, at some point, we've got to address it, right? Like we've been we've been kind of running from it under uh, Ron Rivera. He's really neglected it. We built up the defensive line. We saw the results that that got us. Maybe it's different results under a different head coach. But um, Rivera used a term a couple of weeks ago in his press conference. He said paradigm shift. Um, and to me, I took that as this is going to be an offensive minded, you know, franchise moving forward. Right. I think they're going to devote resources um, to the offense. Offensive line could be quarterback uh, receiver, those types of things, getting high end quality talent, because this is an offensive driven league and uh, we just haven't committed the resources to it. So, yeah, give me the the Ola Fashano, the big left tackle who I think could be a Trent Williams type. Uh, from Penn State. Give me him at number four and uh, let's uh, let's go have a season. I will add, it will be very tempting with a pick that high and having the hometown kid of Caleb Williams being oh, right yeah. there, ripe and ready for the picking. That would be a huge play for Washington to hit the rebrand button hard with him. Do you guys think that, um, I mean, I, I, I'm certainly, hey, if you have a shot at one of those two QBs, I like Sam Howell. I think he uh, has some serious talent. And he's at least a legitimate starter. Um, if one of those guys falls and maybe they're there at, uh, do you guys uh, look at him? Do you guys take one of them? I, I've been in the camp that I think you definitely have to consider it right there. Yeah. And I think especially yeah. if it's Caleb Williams, if he were to fall there, I think you have to consider just just based on the trauma of our past, right? We just lost Trace. We just lost, not lost. We sent Chase Young to San Francisco. And looking back at that pick right there, where we could have taken, we could have solved so many of these issues or at least these thoughts right then and there if we had taken a Justin Herbert or even Tua right then and there. But I don't know. It just feels if you have to consider that pick, but I, you made the fantastic point that you're not going to get anywhere without an O-line. And especially with the state of our O-line right now, you're just going to set up a quarterback to fail. And you're going to set him up. Look at Bryce Young in Carolina right now. Has zero time. And it will jack up their mental for the longest. And it might suck. It might suck. If, you know, we go down the line, Caleb Williams is fantastic. And Sam Howell might just, you know, go towards that Ryan Tannehill line and just be average or so but you can still win with that and I believe Sam Howell is a quarterback that we could wind up winning with if we built properly around him and that brings up the point that outside of CJ Stroud in the last five years what first round quarterback has made that huge of a difference Daniel Jones Dwayne Haskins Trevor Lawrence Zach Wilson Justin Fields Trey Lance like how many of them are big game changers right now right because they're just throwing them to the wolves um it makes sense but look at the jalen hurts experiment right took him in the second or third round he didn't do great his first year he didn't do that great his second year but they got him aj brown they fortified the o-line they got a competent defense 
And then they drafted a wide receiver for him too. So it's like, obviously you're going to want to look at Caleb Williams. It's you'd be dumb not to, but I think we have the formula for success with the offensive tools that we have with Jahan and Terry and um, Sam, but it's, it's just a matter of just getting the right people to fortify around him. I think 2011 and 2012 really tainted a lot of fans and teams minds in terms of rookie starting quarterback play. I do want to say that there is a certain quarterback that should be hitting the free agent market this year. And with the scheduling that the NFL does, and like, they don't like putting, you know, quote unquote, mediocre teams in primetime games. There's a certain quarterback that thrives in non primetime games of Kirk cousins. Could you see Kirk cousins coming back to Washington? I I saw somebody on Washington Reddit eyeing the idea of Kirk Cousins as the backup to Sam Howell. <laughs> I mean, that'd be fine. I don't see him looking for a non-starter job. Get though. the brunch time warrior yeah. himself, man. Get him up there. Get brunch time, yeah. Kirk. It, it it would be hard for me to see Kirk. Kirk loves his big fat paychecks, and Kirk has been getting paid since he would he get it as a backup. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I don't think Josh Harris is uh, in the mode of handing out giant contracts. Not right now, anyways. Because if he was, I think we would have Montez and we'd have Chase still here if he was going to give out big uh, fat contracts. So I think he's looking to build uh, the team, and I think. Kirk is going to be asking for way too much money uh, to come here. So I, I don't see it, but uh, man, would that make for some exciting podcasting radio TV here <laughs> that the, the stories would write themselves there. Well, not to mention you have Nate Studfeld coming back out too. You want to grab him back? Let's just, <laughs> hey, let's just Super get Bowl Jay Nate Studfeld too, right? <laughs> let's just bring Jay back. Let's just bring club Jay back. And all. has he <laughs> back on Twitter? I was going to ask, has he has he been on Twitter or is he just having no, a resurgence was right now? No, uh, he was on X. one of the, Get it right. the, X. the, the podcasts <laughs> a few weeks ago saying that he was, I think it was a radio show or one of the podcasts that he was considering getting back on Twitter. And then all of a sudden I started seeing retweets and I was like, oh, guess he's back. Yeah. 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 Well, look, we've, we've, we're talking quarterbacks now, so we'll transition from the fucking commanders <laughs> over to the state of quarterbacks and I really want to address this as a you know which do you take kind of question here and I'll and I'll I'll start with you Brian what's been worse this NFL season the quarterback injuries or officiating because this past weekend we saw a highlight reel of both with (laughs) Trevor Lawrence Uh, getting a high ankle sprain and walking, having to walk off the field himself instead of, you know, not using one of the plethora of carts or golf carts that are around, but also terrible officiating with how that Kansas City Chiefs game ended against the Green Bay Packers with missed DPIs. And we're getting this weekend will be the 50th different starting quarterback that will be operating in the league this year. We're getting Bailey Zappi, Jake, uh, you know, Jake Browning is continuing. CJ Beathard will probably start for the Jaguars. So Bobby Beathard's grandson. It's a, it's a great Washington. He might, he might be destined to come to Washington, CJ Beathard. Who knows? He should, but Brian, which has been worse to you, the quarterback uh, injuries or officiating? Well, certainly the quarterback injuries have been, unbelievable given how many NFL rules there are to protect the quarterback, but it's just officiating. 
that is hands down. It's gotten worse each week. They can't even make basic calls. Guys are jumping like the, I, I've never seen probably last year and this year. I've never seen so many right tackles false start in my life and get away with it. They're just jumping before the snap and they're getting away with it. You just mentioned the DPI calls in that Kansas City Chiefs game. If you're a Commanders fan, you know, Curtis Samuel got a DPI against the Giants last season. That was just utterly ridiculous. And this is every week. Again, we're not talking about tough calls where a guy's rolling on the ground and he's trying to catch the football and you can't see. Did he have control? Didn't he? No, no, no. These are basic, simple calls that they're just missing on a regular basis. And the NFL doesn't really have any kind of plan to like fix it or try to do anything about it. They just keep moving forward and then ignoring the problem. So it's the officiating. I don't know what happened, but it feels like it got worse over the last five years. And especially these past two seasons, it's now um, almost unbearable, like some of these bad calls and how frustrating they are. Um, so I've got to go with the uh, officiating. It's just it's simply just bad. Yeah, I don't have too much to add that Brian didn't already say, but it's definitely the officiating. Like, getting hurt is a part of football, but obviously there's more of a spotlight on quarterbacks than anything else. And I think, like how he said that we have so many rules to protect the quarterbacks, I think it's because there's so many damn rules. The officials just can't remember it. The players can't remember. They have to do awkward things to make sure they don't get flagged in this and that, so they're overthinking and then, making wrong moves in this and that. I think this is one of those things where it's like, they just need to delete all the rules and just start from scratch. There's, there's too much legacy code in there. It's, it's just gotten way out of hand that the game can just come down to what the officiating crew is. Yeah. I'm on the flip side though, because I, I always expect bad officiating no matter what, if I'm watching college, if I'm watching NFL, this is something I've expected. I've, I've always expected going to any game and it further props up my standpoint that they need to get rid of on-field officiating and just take everything to the booth because I swear after every call there's always oh booth is under review why do we even have anybody on the field it's the same situation with baseball like why are there even umpires kind of strikes calling strikes and balls when they get it wrong 80 percent of the time like John from Philly's favorite <laughs> Angel Hernandez um and especially this year I guess it's, I guess it's a little bit of a bias with how I feel about the Chiefs because with the amount of injuries especially in the AFC it's just propping us up for another Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl appearance with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey I mean the amount of quarterbacks that are currently either out or listed as like questionable going into this week you got Kenny Pickett who's out you got Aaron Rodgers who's on IR you got Daniel Jones and Ty Rob for the Giants that are on IR Taysom Hill and Derek Carr are questionable. Kirk Cousins is on IR. The New England quarterback just stink. Stetson <laughs> Bennett is on some kind of mental retreat. Who knows where he's he's been at? I haven't heard from him since Halloween. I mean, you got the Trevor Lawrence injury from last week. AR15, Anthony Richardson, he's on IR. Nate Studfeld, he's on IR. Poor guy. Hendon Hooker, you know, Detroit's down to virtually no one. And then you got the Predators with Deshaun Watson and DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson. They're both injured right now. And then Joe Burrow, which is very detrimental with the whole AFC landscape. And then you got Lamar, who's going into this week, who's questionable with an illness. I mean, you got quarterbacks all throughout that are just either injured or out. And you have, like you said, the 50th new starting quarterback this season, which is just insane. Angel Hernandez, you stink, and I don't like you! So I'll, I'll close the loop here, Brian, by asking what exactly do you think would fix the officiating? 
here. What would fix the offici- officiating, and what would fix these rash of quarterback injuries in this league? Is it turf? Is it field? Is it are the refs too human? Do we need robots? Save us, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Well, first off, for the refs, I think we need um, you know an age limit on the refs. Uh, I think that's the first thing, and I think there has to be mandatory kind of training sessions that are uh, a lot more frequent. Um, for these guys. And I think Zoo hit it right on the head. There are too many rules, right? Like if you're a official, you can't remember all 297 rules and judge each play that lasts, what, four seconds, five seconds, and uh, measure all of those rules against that one play. No, you can't do that. They've got to simplify it. Um, Like, can we go back to the time where, hey, if you have the ball and the ball never touches the ground, that's a catch. Not this rolling around and doing all this stuff. Does he have control? No, the ball never touches the ground and it's in your position. Possession, that's a catch. Simplify some of these rules, right? Uh, we talk about simplifying things for players on the field so they can understand these concepts and play fast. Well, how about we ref fast and simplify some of the rule changes for them? Um, so I think if we can get younger there, I think if we can have some more training sessions so they understand exactly how to call it and have it uniform. I don't want one officiating crew calling a game this way and another one calling it a different way. It needs to be standardized throughout the entire league. And then for the quarterbacks, I think, uh, you know, when we were talking about the draft, I think some of it, hey, draft some better quality offensive linemen. A lot of times these teams are getting these quarterbacks hurt because they have guys who shouldn't be protecting a first. They got a first round pick quarterback and they got a seventh uh, round undrafted free agent guy who's been cut 10 times as a starting center. Like, come on, you're you're inviting your quarterback to get hurt, your prized possession. Um, so I think that is probably, um, you know, one thing. Get better protection for these guys. You want to spend a bunch of money on a wide receiver? Okay, fine. How about a little bit of that go to an offensive lineman? Um, but also, too, uh, you know, I think some of the onus needs to be on these offensive coordinators. Some of the protection schemes, I, I have to look at Eric Bieniemy. I mean, I don't know how obvious it needed to be for Eric Bieniemy to understand. Your offensive line isn't that good. The receivers aren't separating. You got a first-time starting quarterback. Maybe, just maybe, um, I should have uh, a little bit more care and time with my pass protection schemes, maybe get the ball out of their hands. So I think, um, you know, with the offenses uh, the way they are, they're not necessarily helping these quarterbacks, putting them in good positions. I don't think the offensive line play uh, is where it needs to be. I think the offensive line play is down around the league um, because you, just like you guys said, these quarterbacks are getting hurt and, and they're not getting hurt because they're trying to run for a 70 yard touchdown or anything like that. Uh, sometimes they are, but most of the time uh, it's in the pocket. So I think if we do some of those things, you, you might see some, uh, some improvement. And it's a conversation we've had multiple times this season about because the NFL wants this to be like, like a passing sport for entertainment you see more resources going into quarterback and wide receiver and players are returning that or teams are returning by getting good edge rushers. So they're taking advantage of the fact that there's no money in the offensive line. So they're just going to get a bunch of wrecking balls to take out the quarterback. If you can't get cornerbacks because of PI rules and this and that and bad officiating, et cetera, just put them on the rest. There you go. Look at that. Look, Hey, we need Brian for commissioner of the NFL and we'll get zoo in there as the, (laughs) As the vice commissioner, we need that. That's what we need. Those are all our fixes right there. I'll take the commissioner's paycheck. Uh, that's what I'll do. I'll uh, yeah, I'll take right. that paycheck. That's a that's a nice little paycheck that uh, Goodell has. I'll Here, take the here's a thought. Lifetime so when they do the franchise tags, there's like a certain amount of money that's for certain position groups, right? Yeah, yeah it's average. Why can't the salary position. caps be based off position? 
not like a whole team salary cap, but like you can only spend this much on a quarterback you can only spend this much on your line because like you're not putting it towards resources that you need because you're wasting it on, you know, predators that get injured in the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. So if you actually have it allocated towards position so that everything is equal and balanced and you're actually putting money towards what each team obviously needs because that's why it's a position seems like it'll make a little more sense i'm in sold let's do it okay these two for Reed, commissioners speaking about, speaking about commissioners paul tagliabu is still alive so Thank it's okay god oh my gosh <laughs> we're good that. he's still going oh where's the sound for him we need the we need all the happiness uh, <laughs> our boo well look before we get into these picks for NFL Week 14, we do have a special display. Like Scott got dressed up for this. He has a big <laughs> he has a big top five to do. It is a top five that we can all relate to and we will all judge Jesus. and go off of it. And we even have great we have imaging to go during the show for him with oh, it. No. So oh, no. <laughs> this, I have no idea what this imaging is, so I have no idea. <laughs> hey, if I really the, hope it's those disturbing Snapchat filters we see. Go to the 323 <laughs> network on YouTube. You can find it. You if you're just listening, go to the 323 network, subscribe and watch because this is the top five guilty pleasure songs according to Scott Elia. Five, four, Three, two, one. This is the 323's three, top five. Ah, oh, shit. Here we go again. Yes, the 323 three top five guilty pleasure songs, according to Scott Elia. What do you got, Scott? What What led to this? Uh, well, you see, I, I found a new, like, mid-90s to early 2000s, like, greatest hits, like, radio station on Spotify, so I've been playing it, and it's, it's jumping all over the board. You got some pop music on there, you got some country bangers, you got some rap music on there, but I was getting ready the other morning, right? And a Lisa Loeb song ended, I was just getting out of the shower, as soon as I opened the door, a certain song came on, and I immediately turned into a bitter mid 40 year old woman who went out to the bar trying to like get some retribution against some man. And it's, it, it's the perfect duality of man, right? Like I, I, I just, tur- I just, it was an out of body experience and I messaged Reed. I'm like, Reed, we have gone through our extensive list of top fives over the last three years. <laughs> and I was like, I got one. Let's do a top five guilty pleasures. song uh, list. I was fully expecting you guys to join in, but if you want me to take the brunt of this, that's fine because I actually went ahead and I recorded a couple clips from the top five songs that I have that I will play in order. Well, it's not a guilty pleasure if you don't have shame towards the music you listen to, so I cannot contribute. I think my guilty pleasures list was already pretty well covered in the top five Taylor Swift songs, so I'll let you handle it. And she is not on the list, and she's not even on my OLIs because we know how I feel about mid-music artists. Okay, Brian, but, are you ready for this? Are you ready to get the full three two three experience with Scott's oh, top five? I, I've been I've been waiting all day for this one. So fire oh, away. Let's see these. And things. it could be more perfect with Zoo here too, because I'm sure Zoo might be jumping in here. But coming in at number five. Sorry. 
used to make my blood boil. <laughs> That's right. That is the voice of Miley Cyrus, Party in the USA. This song, you could just put on, roll the windows down, it's nice and honey, and you just, you just belt it out. New beginnings on the horizon. And it's such a positive song. My girls love it. We can jam food in the car together. You gotta sing it if it's a guilty pleasure song. Nope. We'll sing it with you. We'll sing it, Zoo. Hands up, I'm singing my song. The butterfly fly away. Got it in my head like, yeah. Oh, there you go, Reed. Yeah, get your hips yeah, in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Save that hip movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I know Reed being the cinephile in Zoo, loving everything white culture. Nothing screams white culture like ABBA. I mean, Zoo, Zoo did say Party in the USA made his blood boil, so. Oh, Zoo doesn't like it. I like I overheard it at a point where it just frustrated me. This is one that everyone's going to know. We're going to kick it off into number three. Let me oh, know when you know it. He's danced to this like those wedding. Everyone should know this song. Right in it. Woo! Some Mariah Carey emotions. Okay. This is one that constantly comes up. I'm in the house, I'm cleaning, I'm cooking, I'm kind of just jamming out, just enjoying the environment. I mean, how can you hate Mariah Carey? But coming in at number two, my name's Scott, Mr. Elliot from Nasty. Get some Janet Jackson. <laughs> Let's go. Get some Janet Jackson up okay. in here. Number two. All right. Ooh. I don't Look see how this would be a guilty boys. pleasure. I'll be a nasty boy. Ooh. There's a certain wedding that is coming up in the next year or so. I think this might be a walkout song for the groomsmen. Oh, I think it should. But I hate to be one of those groomsmen. <laughs> the moment that everyone was waiting for. I led into this, let the red herring there at the beginning of the, the beginning of the story. And people were wondering, Scott, what was that song that played as you were getting ready that you just turned into had an out-of-body experience? And that is Shania Twain's Man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> Come on. Let's go, girls. I mean, how can't you bop to this? Yeah. Let it all hang out, Zoo. <laughs> hang it out more. <laughs> hang it out, Zoo. <laughs> uh, that is the top five Scott's Guilty Pleasure song. Oh, I love it. Look at that fanfare for you. There you go. You're welcome. Not a bad list. Can't disagree with it. You can't. I think. I think feels like a woman. I think that's a great number one, actually. Oh, absolutely. On it. Yeah. I mean, you're at a bar. You got a couple. You got a couple adult beverages flowing through your system. That thing comes on the jukebox, and you just you're laying it all out there. 
you're jamming. I just can't get over your intro of Scott, last name Mr. Elliot, if you're nasty. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, well, with that, let's go ahead and transition right in. There's no way to, there's no way to follow that without the pit. That's a hard cut. That's a hard yeah. one. Life. Death. Time. Space. Forget everything you think you know. Put your money on the line. It's time for Ricks versus Gricks. Gricks? That's right. Reed's picks versus Griffin's picks. Griffin was the Grick, but Brian... Our former lead picker, Griffin the Grick Wolbert, he's lost somewhere in space, somewhere. It's it's all behind us now, that spatial background. So we've been searching for a new Grick to take over this year. And right now, Zoo has had a commanding lead ever since his first uh, sleep-deprived show where he like went, I think, 5-1. and one. He got damn close to 6-0 and oh, everything, just not nice. even really understanding what we were saying to him. As he picked these games, but as that command, as the season's gone, the commanding lead is it's gone down and down and he's still on top. He's 47 and 31. He went four and two last week. In fact, everybody on the show, and this is a big fan prayer for all of us went four and two last week. So a lot to, a lot to hold up to Brian. We also have me. I am 45 and 33 now. I am very close to not only being the Rick, but the Grick as well. And all power will be on my shoulders and in Looking my hand. Like infinity stones. It, I am. We'll need more. I'll need to be the Zick, the Sick, and the Bick, and the Lick from uh, Luis. Skirt. Skirt? Pause. Scott is 42 and 36. <laughs> Luis Martinez of Mijente Show. He is 41 and 37. And on the season... Emily Sissel is a guest picker. She is six and six on the year. Mindy and Tiffany, the two old ladies that bet there, they went four and two. And Brian B. Klein went four and two. So Brian, we got to get you at least four wins here this week. We got to we got to get that from you. And the first game that we're going to start with are the, well, not the Scots Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You had to write the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Five and seven. At the Atlanta Falcons, who are six and six, Atlanta is a one and a half point favorite. Scott, who are you going to take here? Um, it's clear. I mean, when you're playing in a in a division that is already home to an a playoff eliminated team in the Carolina Panthers, and you have this marquee matchup of the Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's only one logical choice, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say it should be a tie. Nope, it's Mike Evans. He's got another 1,000-yard receiving season under his belt. He's going to be a clear first ballot Hall of Famer across the board. And, yeah, they're they're one game over my ceiling I gave him at the beginning of the season. So, this is great. It's already a win to me. All right. Brian, who do you want here? Uh, I am not a believer in Desmond Ritter at all. Uh, I think the Buccaneers get this one slightly because their defense can pressure Ritter and Ritter is just, I just don't have the confidence in him. So uh, by default, I'm going Buccaneers. Okay. Scott, you're not alone for once with the Bucs. Hey. There we go. <laughs> Zoo, who are you going to take? 
yeah, that offense cannot produce no matter how many weapons it has on there. So it's definitely going to be the Buccaneers. <laughs> yes. So you're taking the Bucks? Is that what yeah. it is? Okay. All right. All right. All right. I know. It's shocking. More than one person. I know. Look at this. Good for them because, you know, anytime that I tried to take them, they would always, uh, you know, just shit the bed. So I'm going to help you out this week, and I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons in this yes. one, actually. Rise up, baby! I'm taking the Falcons just because at this point in the year, I don't I don't trust the Falcons to get to a winning record right now. They're 6-6, six and six and it just seems, you know, destined for the NFC South to be one with a losing record this year. God-awful team they need a playoff committee for that need a playoff no, committee don't. for that just to get <laughs> to make sure that nobody no, from that division can get in there but i don't really trust todd Bowles in the proper time five and seven right now they have a chance to you know take a shot at getting the division lead or tying for it i don't trust todd Bowles to do it that defense is depleted a bit i don't trust desmond ritter but i don't know they've gotten Bijan robinson going a little bit more i i i can Drake London has had some games and I could see him going up against that depleted pass defense of Tampa Bay. But I also like their defense in Atlanta and I I I I love Baker. Can't really trust him to, you know, go clutch in here. Plus Scott was the one who gave us four wins for the season, so I got to stay around that ceiling. They're at 5 right now, so can't overproduce that much. <laughs> Give me the Falcons. Well, and does Brian know but what the history is when we all pick the same team? Oh, yeah, Brian, you got to be careful. It never yeah. happens. When we all pick <laughs> oh. the same team, except last week, we all picked the Dolphins, and it, you know, it, the fates couldn't be that strong <laughs> to, to, to turn against us there. Gotcha. Next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts, who are 7-5. and five. They are at the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 6-6. Six and six. Indianapolis is a one-point favorite in this one. Bengals, though, they just got a performance out of Jake Browning, Scott. They got a performance out of the Washington quarterback. So who do you like in this one? You want to go Minshew Mania or Jake Browning? Yeah, but you know what the Bengals don't have? And that's the stash. The stash of the gods of Gardner Minshew. That's true. I mean, you have them at 7-5 and five right now in the AFC South. They're one game behind Jacksonville, who may or may not have Trevor Lawrence. And they have the upcoming Offensive Rookie of the Year and the MVP of the season, C.J. Stroud, and the Texans right behind them. Um, but I'm going to give it to the Colts to keep my super early Super Bowl prediction alive. Brian, who do you want here? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a believer in Jake Browning. That was a great game. First game that he had. I think that evaporates quickly. And yeah, the uh, the 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 golden mustache of uh, Minshew uh, prevails yet again. And I think uh, they're just a balanced team. They throw it. They run it. They play good defense. I think they win this one. Uh, close game, but I think they win it. All right, Zoo. Who would have thought the AFC South would be this fascinating this year? Yeah. I think this um, show did. I think this show was the one that called <laughs> it in the preseason. Good call, Zoo. We did talk about how um how every backup quarterback has this crazy game and how do they do this and wow and this and that and then it flames out hella quick. Yeah, Minshew Mania is not flaming out anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give Zoo the Colts. And you know what? I'm glad you brought up the curse, Zoo, because right now we're damn close. I don't know what Luis is going to do here, but I am also rolling with you guys. I am taking the Colts in this one. Right, congrats, Bengals. Go for it. Yes, congrats. Jake, <laughs> Jake, Brown, Jake Browning's about to look like peak Patrick Mahomes in this game because of us. <laughs> Unless we have another game. 
that, you know, proves that we can all go together. And we have a chance here with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 8-4 and four there at the Cleveland Browns, who are 7-5. and five. Cleveland is a three-point favorite. And again, Jaguars probably will be without Trevor Lawrence, but we'll still wait and see on that with the high ankle sprain. Scott, who are you going to take? Yeah, the Jags are also 5-0 and away, but that's with Trevor Lawrence, and I don't see him playing that ankle injury. Uh, ankle sprain can linger for a long time. And let's not forget who Cleveland has under center. Joe Flacco, Super Bowl winning Joe Flacco. Oh, uh, like, thanks for reminding me because I have no idea who I forgot it is. To. <laughs> <laughs> no, give me give me the Browns. Give me the Browns to give the Colts another leg up on the AFC South. All right, Brian. Uh, I think I saw Trevor Lawrence was listed as limited in practice today, so he was at least out there. If he plays, I think the Jags win. If he doesn't, I think the Browns can probably run away with it. But I'm going to go with the Jaguars. I'm going to assume that Lawrence gets out there and um, he he wins. He pulls it out somehow in an ugly game. Jags. Zoo. I would confidently say Jags just because of what we said about backup quarterbacks having a phenomenally weird first game. But because of its uncertainty, I don't think it counts this time. And I think the Browns defense, whether it is a backup quarterback or a one leg Trevor Lawrence, is going to cause the Jaguars to line problems. So we're going to take Browns. Okay. You also just learned who the Jaguars backup quarterback was like a like two segments ago with CJ Beathard. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's all in, it's all understood. I am. I would like to the Jaguars are really good. And it's not really the Trevor Lawrence injury that troubles me so much. I'm kind of cool with C.J. Beathard. He was good in San Francisco as their backup uh, some years ago. But it's losing Christian Kirk, too. They lost the wide receiver Christian Mm -hmm. Kirk for at least a couple of weeks. And couple that with a possibly hobbled Trevor Lawrence or a backup in C.J. Beathard against that really badass Cleveland Browns defense. And like Scott said, Joe Flacco, elite. He reminded us that on the first drive with that last game with that pass to Amari Cooper. He's still got that old man arm strength in there. So, you know what? I'm going to go with Jose Flacco and the Cleveland Predators here in this game. Give me the Predators. Plus, all those Florida boys going up to Cleveland in the wintertime, like, Oof. they're going to be uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Oh, poor Jackson. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we have the Houston Texans, who are 7-5, and five, at the New York Jets, who are 4-8. and eight. Houston is a three and a half point favorite in this game. Zach Wilson expected to uh, start for the Jets. Scott, I think it's been announced he's going to be their starter for the rest of the season. Kind of dramatic in how they had to uh, had to get him back because he didn't want to play for them after everything that they put him through this season. I don't really blame. Oh, those him. weren't just memes. He said it wasn't true. Aaron Rodgers kind of made it seem true on his appearance on the Pat McAfee show this week. Mm. And I don't know. He called somebody chicken shit for leaking things out. I don't know. Who knows what's true? But, Scott, are you going to go with Luis's quarterback and Zach Wilson? Uh, No, I already kind of stroked this quarterback's ego a couple minutes ago. We're going to go with the future MVP of the league in C.J. Stroud with the Texans. All right. Brian, who do you want? Uh, the Jets defense is awesome. Their quarterback stinks. CJ Stroud, I think, probably doesn't have a great game because that Jets defense is good, but it's good enough. Texans take it. There we go. Zoo. Yeah, Stroud will throw a couple of picks, but after his high praise of Stingley, he's going to get a few too, so we'll take Texans. 
I can't be afraid of the curse on this one. I am taking the Texans. But I'm sure Luis is going to take the Jets. So it's okay. It's okay. We're all right. Uh, the Texans, def- not only is C.J. Stroud, you know, fantastic. And I think he – I agree with you. I think he'll have a little bit of trouble against that Jets defense. But that Texans defense has really stepped up. Will Anderson is really good. He was their other first-round pick this past year. And the first-round pick from the previous year, Derek Stingley Jr., he has been turning up these last few weeks. He is looking exactly how you want him to be. I think they took him – did they take him over Sauce Gardner? I think they took him before Sauce Gardner went. He was even projected for that, and he's showing it. He's showing it now, maybe not rather than Sauce, but still a damn good corner. Give me the Texans to, uh, you know, really – Rattle Zach Wilson and make him want to go back to the, uh, you know, maybe the way of Tim Boyle. Also, rest oh, in peace, Tim to Boyle. have a I nice first round corner. <laughs> Must be nice, right? It'd be it's nice. nice. Hey, we got Emmanuel Forbes. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I said on draft day. <laughs> oh, we got two good games to close this out. First, we have the Buffalo Bills, who are six and six. They are at the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 8-4. Kansas City is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Scott, who do you want? Um, it's no surprise as the season's gone on that I've grown hatred against the Kansas City Chiefs, um, and that's not going to stop anytime soon, so we're going to go with the Bills. Brian, who do you want? Uh, I think the Chiefs take it. I just It's really hard to trust Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. Uh, there seems to be a new story coming out about them each week now. So uh, I'm going Andy Reid in Kansas City. Zoo. I don't care how great Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are. They just keep shooting themselves in the foot, and none of their receivers can catch up their life depended on it. They are going to shoot themselves in the foot and give the Bills a win. Look, if uh, Taylor Swift couldn't get them a win against the Packers, I don't, I don't know what you do against a team like Buffalo. I, <laughs> Kansas City's still very great, and I hate doubting Mahomes. I hate doubting the, I hate doubting the Chiefs in general and Andy Reid. But Bills, they're just feisty, and they're at this point now where don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, don't know if they're going to be able to do enough, but I do think they're going to do enough to just muddle things up That's and create so drama, create chaos. I know it's weird, but. Give me the Bills in this one. How did we go from saying that the Bills were going to be in the Super Bowl the last two years to saying they might fall back a little bit, but they'll make it to the playoffs? But no, they just might not. That window closes quick. <laughs> well, and what's crazy too is that they have like the third best point differential in the AFC at like 101 or like 105, and they're still at six and six. That's insane. Uh, final game here. This is the game of the week. NFC East matchup, so two great people here to talk about it. We have the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 10-2, and two, at the Dallas Cowboys, who are 9-3. and three. Dallas is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. This is not only a game that could, you know, really alter and shift who wins the NFC East, but possibly the NFC as a whole and which, ray, which home the Super Bowl goes through in the NFC. So, We'll start with the non-NFC East fan. Scott, who do you want in this one? Uh, neither. I don't want either <laughs> at this point. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, I will preface this by saying that one of these Ricks versus Gricks games is the game of the week that I picked in the parlay, uh, the Calvin Ridley Memorial betting slip. I will not tell you who it is yet. Um, but there's a certain team in this matchup that I always try to give love to 
in honor of a certain somebody, and I keep getting burned on them, and I'm not picking the Eagles this week. I'm going with the Cowboys <laughs> at home. Oh, John can't do it for you this week. All right. Brian, who do you want? Um, I dislike both teams. Uh, actually, no, I hate both teams. I was, was going to say, let it out. Let it out. Yeah. I hate both teams. I hate the Remember, Cowboys. Don't have to filter I hate the here. Eagles. Um, but I think the Eagles are a better team. I think the Cowboys are frauds. They're front runners. And I think the Eagles will just explode, uh, expose them and uh, beat them up. So I'm going Eagles, but uh, I'd much rather they both lose. Zoo, who do you want? I still don't know. I really don't want to pick. <laughs> just have Bane show up and blow up the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call Ty. Pull an Emily and pull yep. and, and say Ty. Yeah, go, go full Emily. Oh, you can do that. Yeah. That's one of those things where it's like best friends an Eagles fan. And like I, I am intrigued with them as a whole, right? So like I'm always rooting for, like I'm always just intrigued by AJ Brown, but like it's Cowboys at home. The Eagles defense hasn't been doing too great. The Cowboys are frauds, but they are like well balanced frogs. It's just a matter if they put it together. Uh, I don't know. I want the Eagles to win, but I think it's going to be Cowboys. Shut the fuck up. Did you pick a team while you uh while you yes. over it? Who'd you take? I said I want the Eagles to win, but fuck it, I'm you going with want the, the Eagles. Well, wow, you're an Eagles fan now. Look at you. <laughs> Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> He's taking... going to text me as I said that. Uh, maybe Hit the that was fucking fate. fanfare, Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me say it again. It hurts. All right. Zoo wants the Cowboys to win in this game. So, oh, who am I going to take here? I'm unfortunately having to go with you. I am taking the Dallas Cowboys at home. <laughs> I do fully agree with you that I think they're frauds, front runners. They will completely collapse and fail once it gets to the playoffs. They might scare exactly. us. They'll get close. They'll, they might, you know, they might actually win and maybe get to the NFC Championship. I could see that happening, and then it makes an even better collapse. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Oh, it's oh, it's beautiful when it happens. Whether it's up. not handing the ref the ball or Ezekiel Elliott being a center, like it all is just always so glorious and gives me such good laughter. There's a new <laughs> Hall of Fame shot of a crying Cowboys fan every year yeah, during those playoffs gonna, games. Oh, I was just going to say the, uh, the clip of all the Cowboys fans crying, That that's like gold. That's cinema, right? That's cinema. That, I love that. Yeah, they add it every year, and for right now, the regular season, they are badasses. Mike McCarthy is a regular season champion, and I think that they will do that. I think they will take a hold at the NFC East, and I don't think they'll probably give it back. So, for now, give me the Dallas Cowboys banking on a collapse later on next month. The Dallas Stars got a goal, as we said this. It's fate. <laughs> oh, those are our Ricks versus Gricks picks. Zoo, I don't know if we have to get you out of here, but we love you, and we will see you on... Depends. How long are you going to take, Scott? Well, he's usually pretty quick with these, so you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll go. go. Hurry up. Let's go. Let, let's, let's, uh, uh, where's the music? I actually don't know where it is. <laughs> Found it. Yes. That dramatic music right there, Brian. This is the Calvin Ridley Memorial betting slip. We do this every week in honor 
of current Jaguars receiver Calvin Ridley, but former Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley, placing a multi-bet parlay that got him suspended for a year. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Ah, as the angels Calvin sing, Ridley. we hand it over to our betting expert, Scott Elliott, to give us Calvin some type Ridley. of parlay that will win us thousands Calvin of dollars, Ridley. but it hasn't done it yet. Calvin but we're, we're look, law of averages, Scott, it has to even out. Like this has this, this will hit at some point, and you'll be you'll be Calvin damned ashamed, people, when you don't listen to us that way it does. So Scott, what do you have for us this week? Uh, yep, same thing. Just a quick $10 parlay. Uh, we're going with 12 picks this week. And for Zoo's sake, you know what? I'll go a little quicker this time, Zoo. How about that? Thanks. I'll, I'll, hit, for you. So I'll hit the for fanfare the as Rams so you just run and the Ravens game. We have <laughs> no, so uh, rolling out for the Rams and the Ravens. Uh, we're going to take the under 46 and a half receiving yards for Zay Flowers or the Ravens. Um, a tight end that has been a pain in my backside. And no, I'm not talking about my ex-wife. I'm talking about the tight end of Sam Laporta of the Lions. Over 45 and a half receiving yards against the Bears. Uh, Chris Olave receiving yards. Um, I don't think they're going to really need to rely on him that much against Carolina. So we're going to go under 67 and a half receiving yards for Chris Olave. Um, and just because this wide receiver is on uh, Luis's fantasy team, who I'm playing for week two of the first round of the fantasy football league that we're all in, uh, I'm taking the under 69 and a half receiving yards for Nico Collins. Hey, Michael. Uh, Bijan Robinson, I don't, Captain Inconsistency. One week he's hot, one week he's not. We're taking the under 67 and a half rushing yards for Bijan of the Falcons. Happy Chanuka and your cold. Another running back who is a shell of the starter who should be in the backfield, and that is Zach Moss. We're taking the under 72 and a half rushing yards against the Bengals. Rise up, baby! And when you see this, you have to take it, especially when it's Joe Flacco. He has to pass at least for one touchdown against the Jaguars. I'm taking the over half of a passing touchdown for Joe Flacco. Anthony Mackie, show your face! Uh, the pastor not of Josh Dobbs is going up against the not-for-real Raiders, uh, but I'm still going to take the under one-and-a-half passing touchdowns for Josh Dobbs this week. Toilets! Still waiting for my Gabe Davis da game of the Buffalo Bills. Let me take the over 39-and-a-half receiving yards against the Chiefs this week. Fuck you, Browns. In Gino, we trust. We saw it last week against the Dallas Cowboys, almost pulling out that win at the last minute. Um, but I'm still going to have him go and roll on again against San Francisco. Give me the over one and a half passing touchdowns for Geno Smith. Ben Simmons, you crumb bum piece of shit. The Chargers don't know how to score any points. We saw that last week against the Patriots. They're at home against the Broncos. I'm waiting for Brandon Staley to get fired. Give me the under 49 and a half rushing yards for Austin Eckler. Oh, my pizza rolls are done. And the game that I'm picking for this week is that Eagles and Cowboys game. Give me the Cowboys. That $10 uh, wager will roll out to – that will win us because it's a new week. It's a new wardrobe change. I went a little faster for Zoo. $10 to pay out $9,847.19, and I will rub it in Zoo's face. Just, just for fun, he's going to do it. Just for fun. Just for fun. Just for fun. Literally just so I could listen to it live. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Scott. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can check him out and the 323 College Shame Day. The 323 Network on YouTube is where you can go to hear it. 
You got a show? Are we doing a show this week, Scott? Or are we taking a break? I don't know. From... I still haven't found the will to live yet after the <laughs> college football playoff selection Sunday. <laughs> we'll let him rest. We'll let him rest. Something. Will but be it here. is Army-Navy week. I will say that is game of the week. Army and Navy are playing this week on Saturday. Go check it out. That is very true. That is very true. Thank you for your service. Brian. You're welcome. At Mr. Who. Two, two O's. Mr. Who one on X. You can hit, check him out on the Commander's Declassified podcast available, again, on all audio platforms, YouTube. Go check it out. Awesome show. Thank you so much for being here, Brian. It's been awesome to have you. No, thank you, guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I loved it. Of course. And Zoo, Zahair Ali, who we just – we could have introduced him first to let him get over to that show that you love, Animation Deliberation Podcast, available wherever you get podcasts. But we just wanted to keep seeing his face in that beautiful hoodie. Oh, Zoo, thank you for being here, buddy, as always. Yeah. Again, go subscribe to the 323 Network on YouTube like us on you know anything rate us on spotify all those things get us those great ratings for now we will talk to you later actually pretty soon travis byram will be giving you some movie updates one of your favorite segments scott so that will be happening that'll be coming to you soon just follow us like us rate us subscribe to us and we will talk to you then in the meantime stay safe everybody Happy Chinooka.